Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. The fight of black women has always been fueled and grounded in faith and in the belief of what is possible. We have always built the future that we can see and believe in and fight for. And that's why Sir Joner spoke. It's why May flew. It's why Rosa and Claudette sat. It's why Maya wrote. It's why Fanny organized. It's why Shirley ran. And why I stand here as a candidate for president of the United States. Well, my friends, this is Michael Savage. I report live uh, from this area for 26 years, and you would expect me to have an inside track into knowing more about Kamala Harris than you do. But in the age of the Internet, we all know about the same amount of things, don't we? The only thing that we can do is talk about can Trump Pence beat Biden Harris? Now, we know that Biden selected Kamala Harris, who is a Berkeley radical, strictly based upon her appearance let's put it to you that way we'll be very pleasant about it this is the obverse of equality this is the uh, opposite of what martin luther king jr fought for but it's what we are living with now and the fact of the matter is i will tell you the democrats are very smart and i do believe that this is a very tough team to beat i know you don't want to hear it i know you want me to say because she's a radical leftist It's a slam dunk that Trump's going to win now. You're wrong. You're very, very wrong because you, the core base for Trump, as I am, are not going to change sides no matter who he picked. He could have picked Genghis Khan's descendant and you would say the same thing. It wouldn't matter. You're still going to vote for Trump. The issue here is who were the Democrats trying to appeal to by selecting this San Francisco Berkeley radical to be the VP, who will be the president within three to six months. I've said this long before others were saying it in the media. You know that if you listen to the show. I've been saying keep an eye on who he picks to be the VP because she will be the president within six months. We all know he's incompetent. We know he's brain-addled. We know he's very sickly in the head. And we know that she is actually going to be president within a short period of time. And so it doesn't really matter what you think about her. What matters is who the segment of the population that they're appealing to think about her and that would be that would be women that would be particularly the independent voter that would include white suburban women who have in many ways first of all they put trump over the uh, over the top which made him president the suburban women did it and most polls show that they've walked away from the president over the last couple of months for various reasons, rightly or wrongly. I've just got to tell you what people are saying in the media, what they're doing based on modeling. And um, will this huge demographic of white suburban women, that say suburban women, that means white women. See, everything has, no one could say what they're talking about. When they say suburban women, they mean white women. The soccer mom, the white picket fence woman. Will they vote for Biden now that he selected a woman who appears to be a moderate? She is not a moderate. She is as far left as all of them, if not more left than some of them. But she comes across. Here's the thing to know. Here's the thing to know. She comes across as a rather centrist person. Never mind what we know. Never mind we know about the Kavanaugh hearings. Never mind we know all about her viciousness. We know all of that. But most people who vote don't know all of that. So I got an email from a hardcore Trump supporter who's been with him from 2015 on, 
And it's a very alarming email. Here's what he said to me. And I'm going to ask you this question. He actually, it's not a, he said to me this. He didn't say it. He, he didn't ask anything. He said it. He said, Biden Harris will win by a landslide. She may be politically far left, but she is appealing. Trump, Pence are old news. They will be blamed for the virus, the down economy and the riots. Trump will only get the hardcore. Women will vote for Biden Harris. If Trump wants to win, he should have picked a female for VP. Sorry, Michael. Two old white men are yesterday. I got the email. What do you want me to do? Tell you I didn't get it. It came from a very important person in the media who was a Trump supporter going way back. What do you think of that? Do you think that this is a chess game that's already over? Or do you think that I'm I'm serious about or do you think that Harris is a deficit for Biden? Do you think she's a plus or a deficit and why? That's what I'm asking you. Now, Market Watch, Paul Brandis wrote an interesting column today. Will Trump fall for Biden's trap? It was a fascinating article. And the trap that they put up for the bear, the 400-pound bear, who is Donald Trump, the 400-pound white bear, let's call him the 400-pound polar bear. We're going to call him the polar bear. And Biden set out a big, big trap for the big polar bear called the president. And that is they're afraid that Trump, never mind Trump's base, the Trump is going to cross the line in attacking uh, Harris, either through a tweet or some remark by some remark or someone who works for him that will drive more women away from him and he will fall into that trap. Remember, women, all women, preferred Barack Obama over Mitt Romney by 11 percentage points in, in 2012. In 2016, Hillary Clinton beat Donald Trump by 13 points, 54 to 41 amongst women. And in the 2018 midterms, women voted for Democratic congressional candidates by a stunning 19 percentage points to 40 percent higher, 19 percentage points higher amongst women. So speak, think very carefully. This is not really about you, the core base of the Republican Party or the core Trump supporter, the MAGA people, the CAGA people are not going to be moved one way or the other by Harris. It's not meant to get you to vote for Biden. You're not going to do it. It's really aimed at one or two demographics. The primary demographic that she was selected to appeal to are women. But there are other demographics that may move away from Trump because of this. As you know, Kamala Harris is not African-American. Kamala Harris is... uh, an uh, interesting person in many ways. She comes from a highly educated family, two academics, far from radicals. Her father was a man of Jamaican heritage who had a slaveholding ancestor in his background. That's where the Irish name Harris comes from, by the way, just so you know. You probably read that. We all see the same things. Her father admonished her, by the way, when she went on to this tirade against whites during one of her campaigns. And he said, but Kamala, we own slaves ourselves in our past. Didn't stop her from being the demagogue that they all are. So the issue here is, what about the large Indian population in America? I don't mean the Native Americans right now. I am talking about Indians of East Indian descent. Indians. Now, you know, Silicon Valley, tech workers, things like that. I found this on Twitter today, comments from an Indian on social media about people from India, and he's from India. His name is Ravi Kanth Bivanapali. He said, Republicans love Indians, not vice versa. Indians, he says, typically vote Democrats. Indians are marinated and conditioned in variations of socialist form of governments. They have numerous political parties, but with different degree of socialist foundation. Most of the population in India depends on government and government programs, and they think government has to take care of them. They seldom understand the difference between democracy and a democratic republic. American way of thinking as in limited government, individual above groups, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness is a giant leap of faith and learning curve. Most of the political parties, he writes, in India thrive on balkanization and identity politics. The Democrat Party closely resembles what they have in India, says Ravikanth Bivanapali. So how large is the Indian vote? What part of the Indian American vote is going to go for Trump? Now that there's a woman of Hindu heritage on the ballot because her mother was a Hindu. 
if you understand the, the multiracial, multiracial nature of Kamala Harris. Her mother was uh, of Hindu heritage, an Indian, so to speak, and her father was of Caribbean descent from Jamaica. When, when most Caribbeans, by the way, from Jamaica are of uh, multiracial background, incidentally. I don't know if you know that as well. So to call her an African-American is an embarrassment and, and frankly, an insult to African-Americans, incidentally. But that's not, not my problem right now. It's nobody's problem. I'm just giving you some facts. Now, there's another element to this that I came up with on my bicycle ride before the show. I always get clear, a clear head on the bike ride. And we're going to do some debate questions for you on the, on the show. The main one for you to remember and start calling now because we're going to be sold out for two straight hours. Can Trump, Pence now beat Biden and Harris? Did Biden finally pull a chess move, meaning the Democrat Party? Did they pull a chess move by selecting this multiracial Berkeley radical? Why do you think he picked her? And will Trump fall for Biden's trap by smearing Harris in a vicious way? Will this make or break Biden? Now, it's being said that Trump wanted Biden to pick a radical, a more radical VP who would be an avatar for the far left. Although Kamala Harris is of the far left in her politics, the fact of the matter is she doesn't appear to be so. That's the interesting part. If you listen to the opening speech that I played to this show on The Savage Nation, you know who she sounded eerily like? I didn't know who I was listening to. Can you play it again, Robert, for a few seconds, and I'm going to tell you who I think she, she, imic- she imitated and whose voice she's been mim- mimicking. In the practice. fight of black women has always Stop. been fueled You are listening and gr- to the voice of Michelle Obama. What she did was study. Her handlers gave her Michelle Obama speeches, and she picked up the cadence, the whininess of Michelle Obama, and that's who you are listening to. I that's wake up in a house... That was built by slaves. You hear this? Only I could do this. Uh, If I had another life, I would go to work for the CIA, the old CIA, as a voice detection analyst. Because having been in the business for 26 years, I have a sharp ear. So what you're listening to is a woman who was trained to sound like Michelle Obama. And we now have a real problem on our hands, don't we? Don't call me and tell me it's a a Trump is in now. Like, Forget about it. In fact, the headline is, did Biden trump Trump? I'll be right back. Savage. It is the Savage Nation. Of course, we're asking one question and one question only. Did Biden trump Trump by picking Kamala Harris? Now, you say, well, wait a minute now. What do you mean? You're taking their side? No, I am not. I'm a political commentator. I am not a pimp, unlike some in the media who think their only job is to be a pimp for a candidate, even though they voted against, they they worked against the candidate who's now the president for years. Now they're pretending that they're, you know, the reason he's, whatever, that's not my job. My job is to analyze and discuss with you. So to me, as a free thinker, all we're thinking about is, should we all buy guns and gold and bury them in the backyard right now because... Now it's liable to be a Democrat victory. Remember, there were many other people who were being touted as possible VP picks, and they were vicious in their persona. They were physically hideous, most of them. Their faces were not good look. She is a beautiful woman. Now, you know, we're not supposed to say that, but she's a very beautiful looking woman, right or wrong. I mean, let's be clear here. And, you know, a lot about voting has to do with looks, whether you want to accept it or not. Politics may be second to so many people. You know, do they look good? Do they look nice? Do they smile? Look around the world from the Ukraine to to Yucatan. If a person looks good, they usually win an election. I used to joke and say it was all about hair. Whoever had more hair wins. Okay, so let's put that one aside. She's a very good-looking woman. She also, if she tones down her hate, and doesn't revert to the white bashing, she's going to be a very important uh, problem. Let me put it to you that way. Now, I would ask her one question. If I were the debate guy, I'm certainly not going to be the one that they come to for the debate. They'll go to CNN and get Trump chewed up again because the, the RNC is run by morons. 
by and large. They're not not the RNC fundraisers. They're very smart people. The advisors are the dumbest people I've ever seen on the planet. They're clueless. They don't. They can go to work for the other party tomorrow. They don't know what the hell they're doing. They have not given Trump a slogan like borders, language, culture that you can hang on. Nothing. We don't even know what he's running for other than to beat Biden, who's a socialist. That's not enough. That's not enough. If I were the debate moderator, I'd ask Kamala. The first question for both candidates would be, what would you do in your first days in office to stop the violent riots in America's cities? How would you stop Antifa and the other rioters from destroying property and committing violence? That's all I would ask. I would not ask the other bullcrap questions. That would be the one I would ask. What would you like to ask Kamala Harris if you were the debate moderator and you were given the shot? You're never going to be the debate moderator. Okay, if you could submit one question to the phony debate moderators on the phony networks who Trump will go on, which he shouldn't, by the way, he should he actually should reject them. He shouldn't even debate them on CNN. What if they choose Wolf Blitzer or one of those? I don't have words enough for them. If he steps into that trap again, you'll know that he's been set up by his own campaign managers. That's all I can say to you. But let's say you could submit one question to be asked during the debate. What would that question be that would assure a Trump victory? Let's put it to you that way. Because you know damn well that if you said, what would you do in your first week in office in 2021 to quell the violence and riots in this country, Trump would stand very, very high, stand like a Viking for all of us. He'd be our shining God if he would say that he's going to crack down finally because he can't run again and he's going to bring out the military, the 82nd Airborne, as other presidents have done, uh, Republicans, Democrats alike, and he's going to arrest them. He's going to put an end to the violence within a few days, whatever it takes. And they're going to have the right to shoot to kill if they find looters. They're not going to let this go on one more damn day. If Trump said that to that question, I can guarantee you'd win by a landslide. Because I don't care who you are in this country, if you are a working person, if you are a business owner, if you're a tax-paying person of any race, religion, sexual orientation, you want law and order above everything else. Because without law and order, there's nothing in a society. And right now we have nothing in Portland, nothing in Seattle, and nothing wherever leftists rule. Savage. should not have two systems of justice in America. I purposely did not say we don't have two systems of justice in America because we do. When you look at somebody like a Michael Flynn who pled guilty to two counts and because of he's Donald Trump's boy and Bill Barr is the hand of the president, he gets off. When you look at, you know, Roger Stone, same situation, People who have access to power get off. You got off plenty, and uh, many people get off all the time, Kamala. Well-known in San Francisco, a lot of people got off, and they get off all the time, but that has nothing to do with politics. You know, that's just called fun, but we're talking about politics here, not fun, and not getting, we're not talking about getting off. We're talking about getting in, and the question here is, is anyone going to believe a word you say? I mean, how many people did your friend Barack Obama pardon? So what are you talking about? Two, it's always been true. Of course, there's two systems of justice in America. Everyone knows that. We have the best justice system that you can buy in the whole world. You get a good lawyer, you got a great deal, but it doesn't always apply. There are certain crimes that you can't get out of, no matter who you are, unless uh, Obama's in office. Then you could be a swindler, a coin swindler, a drug dealer, a money launderer, and you're out. So what is it? Hey, Trump is two tears. It's the same with everyone. Who are you going to pardon the day you become vice president? So she's a, vi- she's a very powerful uh, addition to Biden. It could have been a lot worse. You know, it's an interesting. I've been following this like all of us. You say, well, what's the big deal? It is a big deal. You know, if you read pundits, they say, well, no one votes for a vice president. Nothing's the same as it's been in the past, by the way. In this case, they will be voting for the vice president. You know why? Because everyone is now saying what I said for the last three months. Always pay attention to who Biden picks to be his VP because he won't last three to six months. 
quote me. I was the first to say it. No, I didn't copy. I'm not a derivative talk show host. I created that phrase before everyone. I pride myself on being the lead sled dog. No matter what the others say, they're always looking at my behind. They're on the back of me in the sled, pulling that sled. And I'm telling you, it was always going to be the one that he picked. So she's the one that we're all going to look at right now who's really running for office. You'll get it. This is unlike any other presidential election in history for many reasons. Not solely because Trump is unusual, but because Biden is an unusual candidate in that he's very old and he's feeble. He's mentally incompetent, feeble on the verge of a mental disappearance act. We all know he has pre-senile dementia. Any human being can see that. You don't have to be a psychiatrist or a neurologist. You don't have to do any tests to understand the man is not all there. He's lost his mental acuity. He's not going to last in office. So as I've been saying since, what, February, March, uh, whoever he picks as the VP is the one to watch because she will be president. So now everyone's saying that. So therefore, all the pundits who are saying no one picks a president based on the vice president are wrong. They're all wrong. In this case, yes, it's very important. She will be the one they're all going to be voting for, not him, in case you don't know it. So the question is, what is her favorability factor? That's the real question. And I am telling you, I know that politically she's far to the left of almost all of them. And so Elizabeth Warren, let's talk about her. She was allegedly the front runner, raised more money than all of them. But she was very vicious. And I'm telling you, every poll showed most white women hated her because white women could read right through Elizabeth Warren. She was a malicious, vicious viper of the worst kind. And women didn't like her. So here's the other head fake that you didn't see. Remember the other day on the Drudge Report, they said uh, Willie Brown, her former boss, said, don't run Kamala. Remember that? Don't run because you're not going to have any power. You'd be better off to wait until Biden. If he wins, you'll be made attorney general. That was a head fake. Willie Brown is the smartest politician in the history of the state of California. Willie Brown may be retired, but Willie Brown is definitely deeply involved in this selection. And Willie Brown did a head fake on the whole world, in my opinion. Very smart man. And he told everyone to think that she wasn't going to be picked or, or shouldn't, shouldn't run. It was, it was a head fake, like a move, that's all. And most of you bought it. The next thing we know, Kamala's the pick. How'd that happen? So there it is. So it's the San Francisco machine again. The same Getty, Pelosi, Newsom, Harris, Brown machine that has run this state as a one-party system all these years, is now going to be in the ascension of number one and number two very shortly if this, if this Biden-Harris uh, ticket uh, passes. They're going to two women of the far left in the ascension for the presidency, assuming that uh, the, the Harridan from Pacific Heights is still kicking. And boy, that one is like a, uh, an empress. I never saw anything like it. Remember when we were made believe, we were told, made to believe that that last year that uh, Pelosi was falling apart, she was sick, she had neurological problems. Well, she sure got better fast. I'd like to know what clinic she went to. She's still in power. She's the most powerful woman in America. How'd she do that? How'd she pull that off? So now it's number one, number two from San Francisco. And if you want San Francisco politics in America, you got it. Go vote for Biden. I went to San Francisco yesterday on my day off. I had business in the city. And I wanted to see the devastation of the, uh, of the city. You can't solely blame it on politics. It'd be like blaming the epidemic on Trump. The city is a ghost town. Fisherman's Wharf is largely boarded up. My favorite restaurant has a lock on its door. I couldn't believe it. A business that had been in business since 1924. There's a lock on the door. I went up to North Beach. North Beach is Skid Row now. Nothing but degenerates, bums, drug addicts, alcoholics. You know, I grew up in New York City, as I've told you. My dad had a store on then the Lower East Side, which was a, a dump, a slum. And uh, we used to walk around, and I'd see the bums laying in the gutter, passed out. I knew I saw them on the Bowery. North Beach in San Francisco looks like the Bowery now, a slum, a dirt bag. My favorite old restaurant, may Lorenzo rest in peace, it's boarded up. If that's what you want America to look like, or more Portland, or more Seattle, hey, man, vote Biden-Harris, because that's what you're going to have. The problem is, it doesn't matter what you think. My listeners are fundamentally 100% Trump voters. They're not going to change, obviously, over this. 
But she was not picked to, to draw you away. She was picked to appeal to white women, number one, and number two, large swath of independence. Okay? And I'm afraid that Trump's going to go overboard and start ripping her. He already made a mistake, in my opinion. I wouldn't have let him do it. He called her nasty. Wrong word. Wrong word. You can't do this. And his advisors, either they didn't talk to him about what to do, or he doesn't know how to stop it. He, he already made a mistake. He fell into the trap already. He cannot call her names. He cannot rip her apart on her looks or on her statements. If he doesn't go after her politics, I'm afraid we're in real trouble here in the United States of America. Janice in New York, you have some opinions. You're on the Savage Nation. What are they, please? Hi, Mike. Uh, Nisei Bula. You've been to Fiji, right? You lived in Fiji. Nisambula, right. Right. I was one of your first calls when you were here in New York. We Wait, well, what? You were in Fiji? How long? Um, I used to work for a major airline. had many late... Oh, yeah, but I lived in villages collecting plants. So, I mean, I didn't just go to Fiji and stay in the Holiday Inn. I actually lived in Namosi Village, and I lived in maybe uh, 50 different villages in the years I was there as a, as a cultural anthropologist, in some cases, in other cases, ethnobotanist. So I know the Fijian people fairly well, as well as a white guy from New York can know anybody outside of, as well as a white guy from New York can know anybody outside of New York. But uh, what does that have to do with this conversation? Say hello. Now, listen, uh, the, 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 the Republicans better not be afraid of Kamala Harris. They have to attack her the way they, Democrats attacked Sarah Palin for all those years. Wait, wait, wait. You think they should get vicious, but how? Based on what? What she looks like? No, no, no. But look at the way they attack Sarah Palin. Oh, let's forget Sarah Palin for one minute. Family. Okay, I let's stop Sarah Palin for one minute. She was always a mistake. Yeah. Okay, I never, but look I at never thought she was a good pick. I, I I thought it was a disastrous mistake to have picked Sarah Palin. Uh, but let's put her aside. Okay. Let's forget what the Democrats did. How can they attack Kamala? In what way? What would they attack her on? Well, her policies, especially. Her what her? Okay, go on. What policies? Well, so her, um, as a prosecutor, uh, she wants to defund the police. The Black Lives Matter, which is running their campaign, they are anti-Semitic. I know her husband might be Jewish, but we've got to call her a racist and an anti-Semitic. Oh, no. The worst mistake Trump could ever do is call her a racist. Pro that is the worst mistake he could ever make. What? Go ahead. Why? Because I don't think she's a racist at all. She's married to a Jewish man, and she's raising his children. What do you mean? Where's the racism? Uh, or anti doesn't matter. He's a Jewish liberal, and most Jewish liberals... And oh, oh, we agree on that, but you can't suddenly call her a racist because you don't like her leftist politics. I don't care. Only Trump and the Republicans are pro-Israel and pro-Israel. No, what you're saying is the Republicans won't attack her because they're afraid of her. And what I'm saying is they better not attack her on anything other than her policies or they're finished. Thank you for the call. And Nisambula to you. That's all. Uh, let's see. What else do you want to talk about? San Jose, right back in the uh, backyard here. Robert, what do you have to say about Kamala Harris? Yeah, Michael. Well, of course, it's, she's the civil rights and the feminist and the, you know, of course, the multiracial, uh, you know, um, uh, brand name, basically. To, yes, okay. yes. Let's be clear about that. And then let's, and, and, and it's very appealing. But you, if you look back at her policies, and, and you're exactly right. You don't. You, she might be anti-Israel on the, the liberal Jewish thing. Of course, you are definitely against. And that's you know. I mean, God. Let me tell you right now. Nobody in America really cares about Israel anymore, except the hardcore Orthodox and a few Zionists. Who really thinks about Israel as an issue anymore? Nobody. Well, the thing is, here's the thing: is the the egalitarian Pied Pipers of the left that enchant people with these, you know, these. Uh, what, 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 she has. Her Let me tell you what Americans care about right now. There's only three things they care about: the economy, right? And and you, the economy is probably eighty percent of what people are going to be voting on. You do know that. And right now, the economy's in shambles, and the incumbent is always blamed for economic downturns. Therefore, Trump gets the donkey's tail on this. He didn't do it. It unfortunately fell upon him as a result of the COVID epidemic. So they're gonna, people are going to say, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. Maybe the Democrats will be better for the economy. I'm gonna I know how the average person thinks. Robert, they're not thinking about all these esoteric things about 
this matters and that matters and riots. You know, they're thinking about, am I going to be able to pay my rent next month? Will will the country be a little better off with Democrats? That's all they're going to think about, Robert. I appreciate the call. I'll be right back. Savage. Well, look, we have only two minutes left in this hour. As usual, I have the best callers in the history of talk radio. That's you, the listener. We tend to get the highest IQ listeners in the conservative side of the band. On the conservative side of the band, it's been well established by all, every demographic analysis since I was a local host on KSO. What I'm going to do when I come back is I'm going to ask local people who have worked with Kamala Harris in the courts with the police to call this show and talk to America. Tell us something we don't know about her. We know she's a far left anti-police individual. But she's also a very appealing woman to people who don't know her. You've got to understand. Look at the people who could have been picked. Look at them. They were nasty. They were hateful. Forget their politics. They're all about the same on the left. But she has a way of presenting herself in a very appealing, moderate way when she wants to. She could also revert to the... uh, you know, the, the, the Michelle Obama voice and the whiny and the, 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 the whole we come up from slavery thing. It's all nonsense. It's all an act. But if um, this woman is coached by the people who have been coaching her to go centrist and not revert to the white bashing, she just liable to put Biden over the top. He won't last six months. She'll be president of the United States. And then the corrupt San Francisco cartel that has destroyed this city and destroyed this state will be running the United States of America to the detriment of every American, black, white, Asian, Chinese, straight, or gay. We will never have democracy in this nation again. We will have a theocracy of the left. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book, see the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Now, Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president, but I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but... She put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. She blocked evidence. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And she fought to keep cash bail system in place. That impacts poor people in the worst kind of way. The bottom line is, Senator Harris, when you were in a position to make a difference and an impact in these people's lives, you did not. And worse yet, in the case of those who were on death row, innocent people, you actually blocked evidence from being revealed that would have freed them until you were forced to do so. There is no excuse for that. And the people who suffered under your reign as prosecutor, you owe them an apology. Now, that was Tulsi Gabbard at the Dem debates last year, taking down Kamala Harris over Harris's record on criminal justice reform, the death penalty and the war on drugs. Now, you know why the Democrat machine pushed Tulsi Gabbard off the cliff. But we have Harris now and we do know that she polled only at a couple of percent. You know, throw all that out because everything's changed since then. The covid epidemic came along. The economy collapsed. And the polling suggests that people want to change. I Listen, don't tell me that I'm working against Trump by telling you this. If you think that my job is to just simply be here and to keep saying Trump's going to win and this, that's nonsense. That's not what talk radio is. Talk radio is supposed to be about analysis and opinion 
and I'm, a, I'm supposed to call him as I see him. And I am telling you that this is a very good choice for them because no matter what her background may be to you, the hardcore Trump supporter, the average yold out there, the average schmendrick, the average dummy who doesn't know who the hell anyone is, the voter, in other words, the voter is a dummy. Never underestimate the stupidity of the American voter. That's all I can tell you. They're going to vote based upon many things, and the least of which is what you think. <laughs> They're not going to vote upon what the hardcore Republican or the hardcore Trump base thinks. They're going to vote on bread and butter issues. They're going to vote on what they read in the newspapers because they don't get their information from anywhere else. And then they're going to vote on looks, looks and more looks. She's a good looking woman. We all know she's a far left candidate. We all know she'll be president probably within three to six months because old Joe will be in the old age home with the blanket. They'll give him the candies. They're probably the m and I know what they give him. The, they give him M&Ms, whatever, around the clock, mints, whatever they like. They get to sip, sip the tea. They watch uh, Oprah around the clock in the TV, TV room. But he won't be president. I don't see how you can't see this. So here we are. This is a very serious pick, very smart on the Democrats' part. And uh, we're asking you, did, uh, did or can Trump Pence beat Biden Harris? And all I'm hearing from people is, well, she polled low or she's a far leftist. We understand that, but you're not thinking beyond yourself. They didn't pick her to appeal to you, the Trump voter or the RNC voter. They picked her to appeal to white women in the suburbs and the and the independent. But, you know, we haven't talked about the black vote. Will this shore up the black vote or will this drive away the black vote? Because that's not clear. First of all, Kamala Harris is not African-American. She is of mixed Jamaican Hindu descent. Whatever it is, we all have heritage that's her descent that's her heritage she's not an african-american so for her to make believe she is is actually an insult to african-americans she doesn't know their experience that's nonsense for her to make believe she does she comes from highly educated academics god bless them they're smart people they work very hard i don't know what their politics are but it doesn't matter to me they're good people they were good american people so where do you assume that the african-american is suddenly going to identify with kamala harris that's what I want to know. Or if you are from the Bay Area, where I live and have lived for 20, I don't know how many years, since 1974, it's more than 20, 26 years. It's been forever, okay? I've lived here longer than I lived anywhere else on earth. And I've gotten to know people in the political world. I've gotten to know people in the judicial world. I've gotten to know people in the police world. They all have things to say about Kamala, but you want to hear something funny? Nobody has anything new to say. You know that there were no skeletons in her closet. We've heard every one of the stories. There's nothing you can come up with. Here's the problem. There's no skeletons in her closet. She is what she is. We know about her deficits from our point of view. We know about her deficits from the point of view of the political world, you know, the low polling. But there's no scandal in her background, none. So to bring up the this, sex with this one and sex with that one, that's nothing. That's not going to get you anywhere. Or to call her nasty or leftist. That's a given. All leftists are nasty. So what do we have to use against Kamala Harris? The candidate saying, well, why are you going on? People don't vote for vice president. That was true in the past. Don't believe the pundits who say that because it's not true today. Those of you who are using that model are making a big mistake because everything's different now. There's never been a COVID epidemic. There's never been an economic collapse tied to an epidemic of this proportion. Uh, there has never been a president who was loved by so many and despised so, by so many at the same time. Never. And as I've said to you before, the reason I think our side is in trouble, and I want to make it very clear whose side I am on, it's our battle for America. Donald Trump is our Viking leader. Do you understand that? That's what my book is about coming in September, but I don't want to talk about my book. I don't want you to be mis, you know, misinterpret what I'm saying to you. I am telling you that we have a bigger fight on our hands than we did before. Biden had a lot of negatives. His mental acuity was shot. And we're all waiting to see who the pre VP pick would be. And I believe this is a very brilliant strategic move on the part of uh, the Gettys. <laughs> uh, let's see what you have to say out there, especially if you're in the Bay Area. But we're going to cut you off as soon as Mr. Biden and Ms. Harris hold their first joint event. And we don't know whether they will be smoking one 
but they will be ho- holding a joint event. I don't know whether it's surrounding a marijuana clinic or not. Jeff in California, line one, go ahead, please. Hi, Dr. Savage. Thing. Hope you and Teddy are doing well. You know, Teddy's in the studio today for the first time in months. I had him come over. He come from the old age. He come from the old age home. For I miss him so badly, but I'm afraid to rebond with him because I don't want to die. I don't want to get a heart attack when he dies. I love him, but he's here sleeping. He's blind. He's deaf. You know. Good. He's under the desk though. He said he's on. He's on duty. He's on duty doing the best he can for an old blind dog. What's on your mind? Okay, Doctor Savage. Um, I'm a retired. I've called before. I'm a retired uh, cop in California. Twenty years. Um, and I had the opportunity to work on one of Kamala Harris's task, narcotic task forces. Um, oh. He was our um, attorney general. Mm. And I can tell you all the red tape she used to put up for, um, to resist, uh, resist us. We, we would get funding. Um, she would throw uh, bricks in the road for that. We couldn't get wiretaps. She would uh, limit our training. She did everything she could to make our jobs um, not... So she's anti-police and soft on crime? Exactly, and and let me go on further. What she did, we had a, a task, we had a, a unit in our DOJ, the Bureau of Narcotic Enforcement, which was a state agency. She disbanded that, and how that trickled down. Smaller agencies, like for example, Calexico or Antioch. Um, so the drug epidemic that we're now experiencing is directly related to Kamala Harris's soft on drugs uh, approach, as as AG and also as uh, as a prosecutor is what you're saying, right? Exactly, in a nutshell, in a nutshell. Okay, so we have a drug epidemic unlike any in the history of America. We can lay the blame at leftists to begin with, but leftists like Kamala Harris, who had tremendous power at some point in her career. So we can expect more of the same what? No more war on drugs? Let everyone off? Is that what's going to happen? It might nail on the head. That's her background, and, and that's, those are facts. You could research her career, and that's exactly what she's done. So aside from her politics, which are very bad, terrible for America, terrible for uh, public safety, are there any scandals in her background? I haven't found any. I, I really can't. I mean, I, don't, I, I only knew. See, that's the problem. This is the problem that we're having. And I know that uh, all my enemies are listening. because They'll quote this tomorrow. There are no scandals in her background. My commanders that would deal with her on a one-on-one basis, um, obviously I was a worker bee, but I, my commanders, I won't mention the names right now, but, but anyhow, they would work with her on a one-on-one basis, and they would describe um, very intimidating, uh, you know, um, almost uh, threatening in her, in her approach where, you know, uh, just cut you off real fast, and this is it. Well, how do you think she got where she is? You know, she's very tough. She's very smart. <laughs> Look, we hate her politics. Let's be let's all be very clear. We despise Kamala Harris's far left, soft on crime, anti-police politics. We can all agree on that. But no one listening to this show will argue that she's not quick of mind and quite vicious. And I think that those attributes, those deficits are attributes in the current political climate. That is what I am saying. She. See, Joe, Sleepy Joe, let's call him Sleepy Joe. I don't like the phrase because I think it's an insult to people who have uh, mental acuity issues. And I don't think we should make a joke of it. You know, when I say he's going to not be president, I'm saying it because anyone could see this. I'm not trying to ridicule him because it could happen to any one of us at some point. And so she is the counterpoint to the slowness of, of Biden's mind. She's quick. She's quick of mind and she's malicious and vicious and sharp tongued. He's slow, sluggish pre-senile dementia, and um, he doesn't really have that much maliciousness in him. He's known as a nice Joe kind of guy, right? So what you have here is an alpha and omega on the scale of likability in some ways. You have an alpha and omega between Biden and her of uh, mental quickness, right? Quickness on the the feet. And, you know, I got to tell you something. Forget the Trump-Biden debate. I can't wait to see the Harris-Pence debate. Back in a minute to take more calls right here on the Savage Nation. Savage. All right, uh, the anointed one, Sleepy Joe, was awakened from his nap. They were finally able to wake him up. It's an hour later. He didn't know what time it was. His alarm clock didn't go off. They didn't want to wake him up, but he's uh, approaching the uh, podium shortly. With Kamala Harris, they're going to give their first joint appearance, and we don't know whether it will be including a joint or not. 
But I just tweeted the following. Kamala's former press secretary is Twitter's top censor. That's a true fact. Kamala's former press secretary is Twitter's top censor. Now you know what a twittatorship looks like. New word, twittatorship. I don't know whether they will censor that one, but I'm calling it a twittatorship, hoping that those who run this twittatorship do not knock me off Twitter for calling them twittatorship uh, dictatorship. Twittatorship, potato chip, twittatorship. So when um, Sleepy and uh, Nasty get up there on the platform, it's a new team, Sleepy and Nasty, uh, we will run it live. Uh, in, the middle, uh, in the middle of that, we've got a couple of minutes to talk amongst ourselves. How does she play with black people? We haven't talked about it. Caroline in California will edify us on this issue. Caroline, thank you for holding you on the Savage Nation. How does she play with African Americans? Well, she's no Condoleezza Rice and she's no Sarah Palin. Those are two good-looking, articulate, beautiful women that are likable. And if there is a video of her anywhere, if this, if this video surfaces of her walking down the streets in that rainbow flag in San Francisco, I promise you, Michael, that is a very big turnoff for conservative women. Wait, but we're talking about African-American women who what, are largely conservative or not? Mostly. No, wait, no, not really, because African-American women, some are conservative like you and God fearing church going. Yes. Uh, and I understand how you look at the world. But the majority of African-American women, where do they stand? Well, there are more of us than than people than people think, which is another another thing. I take issue with people always when they talk about black people. It's almost like we're in the room and they're talking about us like we're not in the room. <laughs> it's the same thing with all minorities. It's like Jews are this, Jews are that, Indians are this, Indians are that, Jamaicans are this, Jamaicans are that. They don't understand the, the, the depth, the multifaceted nature of ethnic groups if they say things like that. But the same goes the other side. I see things like white people do this, white people do that. And I, I go back at them and say, do you have any idea what a European American is? How many different cultures and languages they come from? So to lump all white people together is about as racist as you get. Thank you very much. And, and speaking of, that's another thing. We are highly insulted that she's chosen because she's a black woman, a black female. Yeah, You know, that's an insult to Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy, by the way, to choose someone based on their skin color, not upon their qualifications. I agree 100 uh, percent. But look, we know that politics are a nasty business and it's based upon many things other than uh, ethics or morals. And you're right, 100 percent right. This is the obverse of Martin Luther King Jr.'s struggles and message and the entire civil rights movement to select people based upon their race rather than upon the quality of the character. But that's what they just did here, didn't they? Yes, that is what they did. And first and foremost, we are American. We are American citizens. And you know, I really love I love you. I love you as a person, Carolyn. You are exactly the core backbone of the African-American womanhood that I grew up respecting and knowing the church-going people who kept their people together through thick and through thin. Where have you gone? Why do we not see or hear from you anymore? Where are you? I know you're still out there. Where are you? We're the silent majority, but I promise you I've been working on my family. And I, and I tell you, Michael, they're turning around. They're coming to my side, and I have a big family. You know, Caroline, I have a story here. Chicago locals and their African-Americans, big men, strong men, chased BLM thugs out of the neighborhood. They say they do not want their lies and their looting. And I think there's a turnaround going on in the African-American world that is going to be a revolution very soon because the people themselves do not want their communities trashed by the BLM thugs and Marxists. God bless you for calling this show. I am so encouraged to hear from you. Please become a regular. When I come back on the Savage Nation, more calls, but most importantly, Biden and Harris holding their first joint together. I mean, their first joint press conference and their first joint behind the scenes. Savage. 
we have a president of the United States who does not reflect the values of who we are as a people. He is someone who gives, who empowers white supremacists and, um, and who condones their behavior. And that is not the kind of president that I think most Americans can be proud of, much less support. She keeps up calling everyone who voted for Trump a white supremacist. They're finished. Uh, they just did a motorcade that looked like a presidential motorcade, bulletproof like the beast. I don't know where they got. The, it must be Obama's private fleet that he uh, stole from the government after he got out of office with uh, the other stuff that disappeared. But, I mean, they pulled up. Like First of all, they were an hour late. This technique of not showing up on time for a press conference was developed by an Austrian in Germany back in the 1930s. But now it's gotten crazy. Here is a guy who, either Sleepy Joe, they couldn't wake him up. He fell into a, a coma. He's an hour late. He's supposed to appear an hour ago. Well, anyway, him and Harris are going to hold their first joint together. I mean, the first joint event together as Democratic running mates. Let's see how they position themselves, because the minute they come out and start the whole hogwash with the flags and this and that, I will um, cut to that one and we'll listen in, okay? But in the interim, I want to talk with you. Can Trump Pence beat Biden-Harris? We know that Biden selected a Berkeley radical. We know she was picked strictly because of her, not her character or her qualifications. We know why he picked her. Will Trump fall for Biden's trap by smearing Harris? She is more left than Bernie. Will this pick make or break Biden? Huh? We know what's going on here. Do you fear what she might do as a vice president who will eventually be president probably within the first six months? What would a Kamala Harris presidency look like? Well, we can pretty much tell you we know because she's far to the left of most, including Bernie Sanders. And those are the questions we're going to talk about until the uh, press conference or the appearance or the anointment or the, the coronation rather really begins. This is a coronation. Biden-Harris appearing momentarily is a coronation now. And the question is, does this help Biden in a way that is very worrisome or not? What do you think? Robert in New York, line seven, you have the floor on the Savage Nation. What's on your mind? Go ahead, please. Dr. Savage, it's a real honor and pleasure to speak with you. You are my radio godfather, and I would take a bullet for you, and I'm concerned about the threats against your life. But I believe that it's very critical for President Trump to have switch out the VP to a more uh, a candidate that would increase his odds of winning, and I do believe there. I'd like your opinion on who that might be. Well, right, that's hold it. Let you just laid a real big statement out there. Does he have the legal authority to change from Pence to someone else at this late stage? Yes, to the eleventh hour, fifty ninth minute, he can choose his vice presidential candidate. Yes, I do believe. Uh, that. Are you are you in the business of politics where that's a definitive fact? Because I don't know the answer. I believe he can, and then uh, Pence can bow out. He can. Okay, let's leave it as a, as a rhetorical question in a way and say if they decided they need a woman, for example, who might it be? So who might it be? Who should he pick? Who would Trump pick if Pence bowed out in order to balance out Kamala Harris? Who is You agree with me, though. She's a real viable candidate, isn't she? Yes, she is a viable candidate. Right. We all, you see, let's not go along the lines of the diehards who say, no, she only polled 2%. She's, we all know that. But that's not the issue. She's a very viable candidate. She's a very handsome woman and very appealing. If she tones down the leftist rhetoric and she stops attacking whites, she's going to be real trouble for Trump. So who would Trump pick? First of all, do you and I agree it has to be a woman? No, not necessarily a woman, but somebody who could, in effect, uh, bring in the common sense Democrats and the independents, which you are the voice of the independents in America. There's no, oh, no, don't, don't suggest that. It's never going to happen. Who, 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 what, what, I would suggest if he asked me, which he isn't, he only consults with the high school dropout, Sean Hannity, which is why he's in trouble right now. Uh, I would suggest he has to, he has to pick a woman and she has to be, unfortunately, somebody not white. I know it sounds horrible, but that's what's going on in this horrible country right now. And there are many factors pushing it. Do we have a conservative woman out there who could be his running mate? Who would it be? I think there is, and I think there has to be an immediate search for one out there. Um, there could be maybe two or three. Uh, well, I don't know, but let's, let's say prominent names. Women of color who are conservative who could be his running mate. Who would that be? 
Oh, God, don't say Sarah Palin. No. Part of, I part of Alaska, and she didn't know where Russia was. I don't want to hear about I'm a rescuer lover like you, and I wouldn't want her shooting uh, buffalo or, or... Thank you. Oh, don't get me started on the decimation of the environment under this administration. I voiced my disgust with it from the beginning, both on this radio show and directly. And you know what it's gotten me? Nothing. They don't listen to me. There is a wholesale slaughter of animals killing bears and their women, lady bear, you know, female bears and their cubs in dens now is allowed. Killing wolves, shooting horses. It's frightening. Do you know that? It is. It is. And I've seen it with my own eyes. I've been rescuing animals since I was four years old. And I can tell you right now, I have seen the most horrific things. And uh, The abuse of animals right now because of the lax control by the federal government or the encouragement of such behavior because of ranchers more specifically has set this nation's environmental prop uh, uh, environmental protections back about 70 years it's a disaster i advised the administration on this from the first day i met donald trump initially they placated me or agreed with me and then they got nowhere because the rancher livestock interests trump those of life of uh, of the wild animals and the environment that's a sad truth that's the sad reality of it. You know, I hate to say it. No, it's it's heartbreaking. I'm I'm an animal guy, and you know I just have a softness in me for animals. What could I say? All the Viking blood or the Gypsy blood is gone in me. I'm just an American. I don't like seeing animals killed. And by the way, some of the toughest men I know. I know a guy who has fought in seven wars, and he's killed a lot of men in battle. He will not eat an animal. He's called he calls himself a pescatarian. Would you believe it? I guess he eats a little bit of a fish. But I got, I've reached the point myself, I have a neighbor who likes to fish a lot, and he pulls like a halibut out of the, out of the bay, and he was once beating something with a hammer. I, was, I, I heard a thud, a thumping. So I thought he was beating like mud off, his, off a mat. I went over there, I looked over, I said, what are you doing, beating mud off your mat? He was beating a fish to death with a hammer, and the fish looked at me as I came over like, help me. So he said, okay, is that your consciousness? Have you gone soft on, uh, you know what? I don't care what you say about me. How's that? It doesn't really matter what you think about me. We're all part of this gigantic whole. And don't get me off on this path, please. You're not going to follow. Most of you won't agree with me. Most of you are diehard animal killers. Most of you think anyone who loves animals or is soft in them. You're from the Rush Limbaugh school of, ho, 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 let's just eat them. <laughs> I'm a Republican. <laughs> let's go hunt them big, big, uh, big game out there. <laughs> let's go kill them elephants. <laughs> well, you don't have to ask me what I think of that attitude because I think you know. And um, that is a real deficit for this administration, incidentally. So you say, well, will that affect? You know, I brought it up because it's a big issue. But has Trump done anything about it? I know he wanted to initially, but did he? Or was he just telling me he would? I don't know. I know this. Our environment is not in the best shape that it could be. I know you don't want to hear it. I know most of you are diehard, you know, no regulation, pollute the air, pollute the water, poison the, 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 the skies. It doesn't matter. Shoot the birds, catch the fish, shoot the deer, kill the antelope, trap the uh, the bison. I'm sorry. It's not 1870 anymore where animal in animals in human clothing went out by trains to the far west on buffalo hunts. They sat inside moving railroad cars and they shot from the railroad cars while drunk. They would shoot buffalo dead on the plains and kill them and not even use them for food as the Indians, would, Native Americans were doing. Do we want to go back to that, just slaughtering animals out of stupidity and idiocy and insensitivity to the earth? Even hunters know better than that. Even hunters don't do that. And so we can't be immune to the cries of our animal friends. Or call me what you want. Call me any name you want. But I'm telling you, this is a bad issue. A really hard, hard issue. All right, so we got people calling in of who Trump should pick as a VP to balance out Kamala Harris. We again are waiting for uh, the first joint conference. I think they've been late because of that reason alone. It's said to be their first joint press conference, but it looks to me like they've held their first joint conference because they're over an hour and 20 minutes late. But we'll be here if they're here. Uh, Barry in um, California has an idea of who uh, Trump might switch out for a for Mr. Pence, and that is Barry in California, line seven. Who should he pick? 
Uh, am I on air, Michael? Yes, 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 yes. We're not talking on a on a telephone. Yes. California, actually, and I used to be a liberal Democrat to my chagrin until uh, Obama came along. But to make make it short and quick, I do not think necessarily they should get rid of Pence. I think he's doing a good job. But in this current environment, if of you and others think it's dangerous, they have a ticket of Kamala Harris and that uh, President Trump might lose. I would suggest Nikki Haley. Not a bad idea. She certainly got the qualifications. Um, is she a woman of color, actually? I don't know. Is she? I believe in her background, she actually is. I think she's also Indian. I'm right. That's right. She, she's, she's sort of multiracial, which is what Kamala Harris is at the end of the day. But Kamala Harris, like Obama, makes believe that she's African-American. You know, you know, that's a very sensitive issue, but it's all about race right now, isn't it? We got race riots. We got Black Lives Matter. No one else's life matters. Now we have them picking a woman because of her color, not because of a character, the opposite of the civil rights movement. So it's all about race right now, isn't it? But the fact of the matter is Obama had uh, a, a, a white mother and, and a Kenyan father. And yet he said he never identified with his racial uh, identity, never used his racial identity until he got to Columbia University in his own autobiography he said and then when he found out when he started uh hanging around with radical black people and started identifying as a radical black he got all the attention he never had before and so he found that it worked for him and then he became president the rest is history it's the same with kamala harris isn't it well i you know, we're a, we're a bulk a nation that is balkanized by race we thought it was behind us we tried to put it aside only, unfortunately, right now, we're all living through a short-fused race warfare being fueled by George Soros, the radical left, with Black Lives Matter as their front group to bring down America, in plain English. You want to refute that statement? Go ahead. Try. The phone number is here, 855 And if you think this um, election is not going to be somewhat about race, you are mistaken. It may all be about race. That's why he picked her, incidentally. I mean, he could have picked Snow White from the Midwest. Uh, she brought in more money. She was the front runner. That 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 camp guard, whatever her name is, I keep I black her out. I just can't stand her. What's her name? Who's that white woman? The terrible person. The, the, she represents everything bad about white people. Come on, guys. Don't. Who was the front runner other than Kamala Harris, who brought in more money, who was going to be VP, the senator? That's right, Elizabeth Warren. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Elizabeth Warren provoked hate and rage in me because she reminded me of the worst, the worst in humanity. Kamala Harris doesn't do that. Kamala Harris uses the rhetoric, but you can feel she doesn't even mean it. This is the thing. Kamala Harris does not provoke a visceral negative response in anybody that I know of. She says horrible things. She was vicious to Kavanaugh. We know it. I've heard all of this before. They all do it. It's the stock and trade for the American Democrat Party, which is to attack white people. But in terms of Elizabeth Warren, I would see that woman and I would convulse. She reminded me of uh, a Lenny Reifenstahl movie of a camp guard. In other words, if she was interviewing a camp guard, it would have been it would have been Elizabeth Warren. She even had the face of it. But okay, that's my reaction. But she's not in the picture anymore. Now it's. uh, now it's San Francisco leftist Berkeley politics, which is even worse in a way. Who is behind Kamala Harris? Did you thought about that? Who made her a, an attorney general? First, she was DA in San Francisco. Unto itself, a very important statement. Who put her in there? Became an AG. Then she became a senator. Who was behind? Who's the, who's the puppet master of all of this? Who is the person pulling the strings? on the Democrat machine, and by the way, I'm the first but won't be the last to tell you this because I tweeted it earlier, I have nothing to hide. I said this earlier, which is very important to know. Gavin Newsom was in line to run for the presidency from this machine. Unfortunately, right now, I believe that this may end Gavin Newsom's presidential ambitions possibly forever because Kamala Harris has been anointed the queen of the left. Savage. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the Savage States of America. Uh, there he is. They got Biden up. He's an hour and a half late from the announced time. They were holding the first joint together. 
And now apparently they're holding their first joint press conference together. And we will soon see the uh, new anointed queen of the left, Kamala Harris. It's a changing of the guard. It's a very smart pick on their on their behalf, in my opinion. You say, well, are you for them? No, I'm not for them. I'm pulling for Trump, Pence, right to the end. I have a book coming out about it. So don't misinterpret what I am saying. My job is to tell you, uh, call them as I see them. And I don't think this is a mistake. I think it's a very smart move. They could have picked an awful lot of those other candidates. They made a very smart decision here. And so now we have a problem on our hands, which is how do we counter Kamala Harris as the anointed queen of the left? Let's listen in for a minute because they got Joe up and he is speaking for a few seconds. Let's hear him for a minute. And that's Senator Kamala Harris. You know, and it seems Americans all across this nation, okay, well, at least well, at the outset here, agree with me. Off with his voice. Off. Yesterday we had our <laughs> best off, off with his voice. There's nothing new, day. same malarkey. As my father said to me, the same malarkey. He said they throw the wind pretty good. Uh, look, I grew up in a very cynical household. All politicians are the same to me in one regard. And if one of them gives me more of what I want than the other, I'm for that politician, and that's Donald Trump. This is the savage nation. Can Trump Pence beat Biden Harris? That remains to be seen. Thank you for listening. If you missed any of this great show, it's on a podcast coming up in an hour or two. And you can visit me anytime at michaelsavage.com or until I am censored at a Savage Nation on Twitter. The Westwood One Podcast Network.